Hello, my name is Tyler Chisholm, and welcome to a special episode of Collisions YYC Current and Critical, a 20-minute high-intensity episode where I sit down with local leaders to discuss the themes of the day. Hello, and welcome to an episode of Current and Critical. I'm sitting here with my with my good friend, Ms. Chantal Malloy. How are you, Chantal? I'm good, Tyler. How are you doing today? I am really good. Thanks for jumping on the show, and I appreciate it. This was kind of short notice, but we're really trying to get out as much relevant contact, uh, content as we can to help people understand we're in a crisis, we're going through an unprecedented event. How do all these things that have maybe been floating around in business, how have they changed and how do they apply to me and what can make it tangible? So Chantal, you're the co-founder at Level, Level Inc., a company that we've had a privilege to work with uh, over the last couple of years. So let's do a blatant plug. What's Level? What do you do? What do you do in the normal world? Then we'll get into what maybe you're doing now in the COVID world. Yeah, sounds good. Uh, Yeah, so Level was founded in 2015. So we're just hitting into our fifth year and it is uh, it is fascinating as we talk about COVID and how that changes business and intent and growth for sure. That's part of this. But uh, we were founded as a staffing organization, primarily IT staffing. And then we really grew into organizational change management, um, which is, you know, certainly from our past corporate lives, something that uh, that I did in the past, and that my husband came from a staffing organization. So the two of us founded founded Level, and those two lines of business became our primary. Um, the things that that we do best, they stitch well together. You know, massive technology change, massive. Um, need for contingent labor and there's always change involved in those projects and those programs that we had typically been involved in so they they do go really well and then we grew into um, software quality assurance testing and we have a group of really talented women in rwanda that are uh, istqb certified which is just a kind of a top level certification in testing uh, and a group of rwandan women that interestingly enough, are all working remotely from home right now. So we'll, we'll talk about their transition, maybe. That's, it, it, that's, it, uh, it is it is the quote-unquote new normal, as they say. And I know you guys were a work-from-home organization. You said you kind of declared yourself a remote. We're not going to have the overhead. We're going to be lean and efficient. So I'm assuming this was, from a change perspective, a little less jarring for you guys because you were set up for it. Yeah, exactly. We did start that way. Uh, we we don't have a brick and mortar, you know, as, as a lot of mm-hmm. companies start out. And what, you know, we're a consulting-based organization, right? So we knew that work from home was going to be regular routine for, for us. So it's incredible mm-hmm. now how you see organizations struggling to very quickly enact a work from home uh, and get the technology in place and, and get it functional for people. And I think that's a huge transition in of itself that we luckily had already established and were in a position even through our change practice to be able to help others do that. Uh, so I think that's been you know, that's been interesting through this time, but look, it's hard on all of us, right? We can't sit here, any of us as business owners and say that, that we're going to come out of this um, unscathed. So it is, yeah, it's challenging time for sure. Well, and as your role, and I know something you and I have talked about, you work a lot with large enterprise organizations, and I know your passion around change and tying that into IT, because you know we live also, I've had lots of episodes about digital transformation and what that means, and the human side of it, and why so much of that fails is often because companies don't steward the change side. So talking about what, just from a simple perspective, I always like to level the playing field. When you say organizational change management, how would you define that as a discipline? So the best way I define it is looking at, I think about it and talk to senior leaders about the results that you're trying to get. Okay, so if you look at anything we do or anything we change or anything that we strive to become is about getting the results. Okay, whether it's financial, likely, mostly for public, you know, public companies. So to get those results, what does it take? Takes a quality solution. 
So whatever that is, that thing that you want to do that you need to get over the line, uh, whether it's organizational or, or technical, and it takes the acceptance of that solution. So I call it the results equation. You know, when, when you, to get the results, you're going to need a quality solution and you're going to need the acceptance of that solution. And if you don't take care of both sides of that equation, then you are leaving something on the table. So the biggest reason you do change management is to reduce risk. That's the name of the game, right? How do you reduce risk? People create probably over 80% of it. <laughs> so I, might be- I love it. No, I love the word accept. Like it's such a, it's such yeah. a, just a, a very small word, but it means so, it means so much to me in the context of what you said, because as humans, we can nod our head. Yes, but be turning our head. No, at the same time. And we know that that will not result, especially on a small scale project that can cause failure. But you deal with large organizations where sometimes there's probably hundreds of people involved in these changes, if not the whole entire organizations eventually. Yeah, exactly. So it is managing it's, it's helping people. It's simple simplest way I can put if you had to define change management beyond the results and kind of the risk factor that a senior audience Mm -hmm. is really going to understand and resonate with from a people perspective, find the people that are going to be impacted by change, figure out what their issues and concerns are going to be and put strategies together to reduce that pain for them. That that's about as simple as I can explain why you want to manage change in a more systematic uh, way with a process behind it. Um, it sounds simple, but you know, there's techniques to do it. And, and you, you, you absolutely, at the end of the day, just won't get the results if you're not taking care of that side um, of the human component. It, so it sounds, again, I've loved the way you articulated it, which is the beauty of someone who understands it well. You articulate it very simply. So let's not talk, we'll talk pre-COVID right now. Mm-hmm. Have you seen a movement in the last few years where organizations are getting a little bit more on board with realizing that getting buy-in, like treating your stakeholders, i.e. your employees, like you said, the people that are most affected, has there been a movement for organizations to embrace this? That's what I've seen on them in my world. So I'm curious if someone who lives and breathes it all the time. Yeah. Are, we, are we getting better at accepting this as reality or as a requirement? Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a wave like like anything else where there's a time I think I even remember I'd say probably eight to ten years ago there was a big wave of uh, we have to manage change you know we have to do a, a better job at organizational change management and then another wave came where that was the first place where organizations cut uh, you know it's the e- it's the easiest thing it's not the easiest it's the one that will hurt you the most but but it's the easiest to cut in the sense of- But it doesn't hurt you immediately. That's, That's right. the problem with those things. It hurts you eventually. And if you don't extrapolate the graph far enough, it doesn't look like you're doing any damage. Yeah, yeah you're exactly right. <laughs> like right. you've nailed it. And so that cycle up and down. And now we're back on the upswing even prior to COVID, you know, on organizations realizing again, the importance of managing the people side of change. And there's no question we're seeing, we were seeing it leading up to leading up to COVID and then we'll talk about COVID. Leading up to a whopping three and a half weeks ago, which is crazy. Yeah, I know, I feel, it's like, a, I don't know, dog years now. <laughs> well, I heard the other day and I, I might be, I might be just making this up that one week of COVID is like one year in regular life. So that's the dog, that's the COVID years. Because one week of business, I was on a call and we were talking about the things that have happened. I'm like, that's 12 months worth of stuff normally that's all happened in three weeks. It's insane. Yeah, it's so true. Not to mention how quickly the government's had to turn around some things <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And again, I, I don't envy them. No. I've said this on other podcasts, like no. they're making statements and I can't even imagine the people that are running behind trying to pick up the pieces of making these things actually come alive that they're putting out there. Like, here's how we're going to help. 
if you've got done anything of any scope at all, the logistics behind some of those things that they're doing are mine. Like my brain just melts. <laughs> Speaking of management and getting the government to work at a pace that I would arguably say they're not typically used to working at. <laughs> no, no, and and you just hit on something really important. Like it's it's unprecedented in 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 all sectors and in all industry to have had to prepare this quickly uh, to get your workforce your workforce from home. You know that's a massive change, right? And whether or not an organization was ready to do it technology wise, because if they were resisting it up leading up to this, um, yeah, which some were, some absolutely were. were. And I think what it's done too is it's challenged the notion of you can't be productive at home. There's still a large sector and, and organizations that feel that if I can't see my people come into the they're office every day, they're, they, they, you know, they're at the fridge, <laughs> you know, having beer or whatever. And the, and the argument also is if you can't trust your people, why are you hiring them in the first place? I, there's so many sayings around all this, like hire grownups and trust them to do grown up things and treat them accordingly. But you're right. I think that this has put a lot, my wife works in oil and gas and she's, and this is her word. She goes, oil and gas is traditionally a, a, an industry that's like, we need to see you. You need to come into the office. And they've pivoted and she's claimed she, like herself. She's like, my God, I'm way more productive. But it was a challenge for them because remote meetings and call that just VPN access, that wasn't part of their daily life. Yeah. Like there's no fault of their own. It just wasn't part of their DNA. No. And that's, you know, that's something we've been talking about with some of our clients now and ourselves, you know, as a work from home company, the biggest thing that we did right away. And I would say to any leader is you've got to be visible and you've got to lean in even harder. Um, so now, so if we think about depending on your leadership style or someone's leadership style, and they're, you're used to walking into the office and visibly seeing everybody. And even if you didn't meet with your team regularly, the fact that you walk down the hallway and that they see you there and the door is open uh, or yep. closed. It, it's right? a very passive approach to create connection. Yeah, <laughs> it is. And so now you really have to overarch. You know, that's what I would say to leaders. And, and you know, we instill twice a week leadership meetings, you know, every Tuesday and Thursday morning as soon as this started because you, you've got to purposefully connect and have an agenda and get people functioning. And in that first week, we really noticed it. People didn't know how to be or right. what to do. Well, we were all a little bit lost yeah. for sure. And I'll say that even the first week I was right out of sorts <laughs> as a leader. Yeah, I just kind of over-communicated, which I don't, sometimes I don't think there's any such thing as over-communication these days. You've got to have so many touch points, but it's uh, it, it was interesting. But now we're three weeks in and getting back to the, the organizational change management and what that means. Is it just now, are we just thrust into it? Because change is upon us, whether we'd like it or not. So, you know, you and I talked a little bit off air about the need for leadership and the need for somebody to kind of galvanize and be that, that you know, focal point in your organization. I'm sure when you lead change initiatives, the leadership is a big factor. So probably now it's more important than ever. Yeah, it really is. And the single most important factor, I would say, is how the leader shows up. And the important thing for leaders to remember is they need to take some time. We as leaders need to take some time to figure out how we feel about everything before we expect ourselves to be effective at standing up in front of a group of people we lead and championing the change. Now that doesn't mean lying, that doesn't mean not being transparent because you need to be that, but you too need to take some time to be okay with some of the things that are occurring for you, whether it's in your business uh, and how it's impacting uh, your own, you know, livelihood, uh, not to mention that you, if you're the owner of a business as we are, that you're employing a large group of people that you now feel personally responsible for. 
So it's important to take that time and then stand up in front of your people and be ready for that conversation. Like there's days, I'm sure you've been there, I've been there, you wake up and you're like, I'm not doing this today. (laughs) (laughs) I'm done. That's it. I'm out. I'm pulling the ripcord. (laughs) Screw it. This is bullshit. I'm out of here. I I never signed up for this. I don't, I want it to, I want it to be like it was. (laughs) Yeah. Right. That's the hard. No, I, I think as leaders, that's really good advice. Sometimes we don't, Sometimes we don't give ourselves enough space to be human. And like, like you just said, you're still going through it. You still have a family. You still have people in your life that are going through challenges, but yet you need to be, need to be, or, or, you know, there's a responsibility as a leader to show up for your people. But I've had other people on the show and they said the same thing, like be honest and be transparent and be okay to admit that you don't have all the answers and like, let it start there. And that's hard for some leaders to do. Yeah. It's, it's really hard. It's really hard for, for many leaders because we also think that we need to have all the answers. And as soon as we let that go, uh, then it's amazing how many people take on uh, to shoulder that, that right? And, and if we allow it. And so what we're getting better at is- uh, If we allow if it, we well allow said, it. yes. If we allow <laughs> it, quote, I'm just gonna pull that up, well said. <laughs> exactly. And I yeah. think so, you know, we've been practicing in our own organization, the same thing I would say to other leaders as we're, as we're coaching, um, share, be transparent, talk about the pains because it's it's obvious to people that we're all suffering. So to stand up and not acknowledge that is 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 pointless. But we have let our leadership group in on all of our financials, in on the exact dire straits that we're in. And we've decided that this group of leaders that are here for this ride with us, we're going to ride it out together, but they're going to be the first to know if wage cuts have to happen, if... Uh, but, but we're going to do it together and we're going to give them an opportunity to help turn it around. So now you're part of the solution instead of a a leader feeling that they need to come up with all the solutions on their own and people will buy in and that'll be a stronger team when we all come out of this on the other side. No, it's not, it's not the time for superhero syndrome. No. Well, I heard what you said at the beginning about change management, just on like taking the time, find the people that are going to be affected the most and go talk to them about what that looks like. If you take those same rules and that same structure and bring it into this kind of forced change situation that we're all in and we don't need, and, and let's be honest, the unknown is the scariest thing about this. Like you and I can make plans, but it's hard to plan for something we've never seen before. I don't know what a month is from now. So the best I can do is get people around the table and share those concerns, but like admit that we're all in it together, but have that dialogue. And I think that is a very different leadership style. So I like taking like what you can borrow from the change management process and bring it into what we just call the new normal, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly right. And and I think where where change, not where the, the understanding of it has gone wrong in the past is I've heard leaders in the past say, well, we just have to be innately good at change as leaders. You know, there there's, uh, there's, you know, there's nothing to invest in here. Or there, there's nothing, you know, we just should be good at it. It's a, it's a skill. Like when we talk about leadership and in, in helping organizations, there's skill and there's will. You know, that, that's the way I like to say uh, from a leadership perspective, many have the will. Uh, and I know very few leaders who don't, you know, who don't really want to be a great leader, who, who don't you know, get into it because they, they want to guide and they, and they want to be good. But do they have the skill? And that is where you can really fill the gap on supporting leaders on those strategies. And sometimes the strategies are extremely simple, which is now in COVID times, we're talking about being visible. So whether it's these 
two meetings a week where it allows people to say, I'm getting up and I'm getting dressed actually <laughs> for, you know, for until 10. Which I would argue is very important to create a sense of structure and reality in your yes, life. Yes, I'm going to do my hair. I'm going to do, you know, and get up and, and kind of, and, and face the, the team, but you become stronger because of it. I will say to leaders, force people to get on video. Um, just break out of the comfort zone of people who aren't used to that kind of technology because create that connection, create culture. We've created uh, theme days for our meetings. Everybody shows up in their jerseys. You know, these are the things that if you can't do it in the office, make sure it's happening in a virtual setting. And, and that it's just those little things. So as a leader, if all you did was be visible, show up, uh, make sure you give the floor, you know, to folks to share not only their concerns, but how they might see solving some of the problems that you thought were yours alone. Uh, that will start that dialogue and you'll, you'll gel even more so. I've seen it already as a team uh, that those on the other side of this, you'll come out so much stronger uh, as a, as a leadership. And heaven forbid, heaven forbid, you might actually get some ideas you haven't thought of. <laughs> like, <laughs> I will say, I say arguably that is typically what, you know, it's, I learned this, uh, I was reading some books on negotiation. They said, one of the best strategies you can use is when you're in negotiation, help get the other person to help you solve your problem as part of the negotiation. I'm like, what a great leadership strategy of like, Hey, here's my situation. How can, what would you do if you were me? That those simple things can do a, so much for ingratiating people to each yeah, other. Yeah, yeah, it, it's it's really important, and and especially now, right? And I and I think too the other important thing is we can't assume that you know people's comfort levels are really different with with what they're facing. So as you know, you and I were mentioning off mic here before people's personal situations, right? So you've got some people where where both spouses are trying to work from home, and then there's two kids, you know, ten and to trying to do school, you know, or 10 and four trying to do school. And then there's the family dog. And then so you almost need to reinvent what what normal is in our video conferencing and our, you know, we're all facing it. It's okay. You know, sometimes the, the five-year-old's head's going to pop in, but make it a space that's safe for people. And you almost have to train back on those remote tools so that people don't feel reluctant because that's a big barrier for many who have never had to do it before. And they feel that they're behind. Oh, I should know this in today's day and age. So start the meeting. Oh, the, the danger of the should. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and the tech training even that might have to happen to to get people comfortable in the environment first before you can expect business or leadership, you know, to occur. It's interesting. It as I'm listening to you talk, like we're literally just living through a forced, uh, you know, human case study on change. On change. Yeah. Oh yeah. We <laughs> like, are. Like, cause not like, so as you rub your hands together, I'm like, this is great. People are going to come back with such an appreciation. I hope, but you know, our world is changing so rapidly, but never have we all been thrust into, I heard one the other day, someone said on, on the show said, never have we been all put on our knees at the same time. And I was like, Ooh, that's an interesting, like kind of this universal leveling concept, which there's something, there's something interesting about, about that. Not to, 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 I'm always trying to find the way to be bullish in this situation. And the fact that we're all being forced to change, there is going to be some good that comes out of this for sure. I choose to believe that as well. I do too. I, I agree with you hundred percent. You know, I like to say this is the great equalizer. Uh, it's, it's on a global scale, you know, where no one person is, uh, is better than another. No. So think, and if you were to tie that to leadership, this is what I've been noodling on lately, you know, depending on a leader's style in the office, right. Who, um, you know, some, there's bullying behaviors out there. We've all, we've all seen them in, in organizations that when you can't physically go into a workspace 
and gather attention in the way that you used to. Um, there's an equalization that occurs on what's effective and how people from home now who are all independently trying to figure that out, how that how they're going to get the job done without what used to be bad behaviors uh, around some of some of your old bag of shitty tricks. Yeah. We'll just call it that. Yeah, that's an interesting perspective. Yeah, I like that a lot. And you know, we're so polarizing in general in in life. And this is it truly, I think, the lessons out of this is is we're not going back to norm. Like there's going to be a new normal, and working from home especially has become so important in all of those other topics of of equality that we always talk about right whether it's share shared work um and shared work programs uh this is the new norm this is going to be hey we did it and people were productive funny enough so i think i think we and in some cases more like more productive not that that's the universal measure but i've heard that from everybody like i'm getting more done you know like i just i miss being around people like there's still the human side of it but work wise for our organization and we're a knowledge workers similar to yourself in a very consulting capacity there's not much we that actually people are are they're getting better work done a little bit deeper in this new in this new normal it's it's an interesting observation for myself as well to be totally transparent about it yeah no i agree and i think one topic that that we've been looking at actually is productivity in the sense of change because the specific tie you know a lot of what we do in change is is there's always we'll teach a group of leaders to expect that productivity always goes down on the day of a change you know so you're doing a major thing whatever it is you're rolling something out you're and uh you want to you want to get a group of leaders ready for the fact that productivity always goes down before it gets better because you're learning new things you're on a let's say it's a tech a technology change yeah you're you're reskilling or reskilling to hopefully take a leapfrog forward but the learning curves are real yeah Mm -hmm. and and we don't often pay attention to that or we don't make way for that that that's okay you know that there is a productivity dip like pre-approve that it's going to happen, plan for it, identify it, don't freak out and be like, what happened here? Like, we told you this was going to happen. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And plan for it. So the big topic I think is, is productivity in a new way in a remote, in a remote work, because I think we have to reimagine and help leaders reimagine what it means to be productive and what kind of measures and metrics would we put in place to say, that's now what productivity looks like redefining our KPIs and and because it defines all the way through to the customer because how we are delivering to the customer yeah. has changed. So then therefore you can't work in the old way and try to deliver in a new way. And I, I also think the interesting thing here, and I don't have a crystal ball, but if the predictions are even close to right, that we're going to be in this for the next two to three months, that's not a two week blip. That's a whole new way of living. <laughs> you know, three, three months is, you know, that's habit forming as they say. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, it's, it's completely habit forming. So yeah, I think that the reinvention is what's going to be interesting here for how organizations take that on and really take that on. Here's the other thing is we have this rare opportunity to get really good at, at operational, you know, things that, uh, and there's some down, now there's not downtime for every industry, but there's complete downtime yes. time for some, but unfortunately, yes, that's true. <laughs> but for some where it's, it's reduced and it might pick up again, let's say in the fall, if you're a consultancy based organization like ours or service, you know, like yours, there's this rare opportunity to get really crisp and good at, at some things for your own organizations, operational efficiency, uh, you know, how can we do this better? Oh, we're working from home now. Great. Cutting costs, you know, all these things that, that are then going to help, you know, whether it's organizations in general or leaders, look at that next chapter uh, in growth. 
right? Yes, and I, I appreciate starting to look to the future. As it's still early days, and we're all finding our footing. But I think also, you know, part of change, I would imagine, is setting also some future goals of like this change is going to lead us to something. It's not just change for the sake of it. There's an output. There's an outcome. So when you're working on change projects, how much how much modeling or how much kind of future pacing do you guys do or recommend around? Hey, if we do this, this is what we're actually after. Like this is the shiny thing at the end. Yeah. Is that a is that a big factor of getting people to rally around a point? Yeah, it's a huge factor. And and in the work that we do, you know, it's defining the desired state, right? Is one way to say it, more formal way to say it, or just what's the what's the goal, as you said, more informally, and having a group of leaders actually agree on what that goal is. The the biggest the biggest part of that's many hours in the boardroom or or, or or on Zoom conference calls in itself. <laughs> it is, and that's the piece that that when when I say governance or decision making structures, when we put those together, that's hugely important as well. Is is who are the decision makers and how often are we gathering to make those decisions? Getting a group of leaders in a room to define what the future looks like or the desired state in any change is gold in itself. Because um, typically, you know, five leaders will be slightly seeing it differently. If we can get a common definition of that, that's that big marker in change. So when you manage change, you've got to work hard at that upfront. Uh, once you have that, it's also about the measures. You need to measure. And there's a misnomer that, you know, in change, uh, it's soft and, and that you can't measure these things you absolutely oh can. interesting okay and a lot of it'll come in productivity right type of productivity productivity measures or training but by, but by being deliberate initially to understand what that is yeah. yeah exactly so that's where the big work what you're saying it's not a fluffy science is what yeah. you're saying yeah, yeah exactly it, it feels for a lot no, of people it does it, but it's but not. if you do the work up front and take the time like so hey i've been in enough projects in the course of my life, the make or break of a project is the start. It's very seldom the end. The end is where you find out that your start wasn't well-planned. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's right. So in some of the people that you're working with in terms of just giving some tangible examples, and I know it's only three weeks in, so I know a lot of people are still just trying to find a base right now. Have you seen any really good examples or things? And you can call out names if you want, or you can just say, hey, this is one of our clients. They've really embraced this change this way, or this is how the leadership team and just creating it real for the audience to give something to think about. Yeah, for sure. So it goes to some of those things we were talking about before on just showing up. I think if any, if if all any leadership group was doing right now, because we are only two or three weeks in, it is being visible. Uh, and I've we've got and I have a few clients that I'm working with right now where we've talked that through and they've created culture. You know, create culture outside of the office. Be connected. Um, check in regularly with your people. Make sure people feel that they have a place to go, that you've created new um, channels of communication that maybe the old ones clearly don't exist anymore. If, so what's your culture? So culture is a big part of change, right? So we're helping people say, what's your current culture? What was your current culture? What might need to be reinvented? And what pieces of your existing culture can be a strength for you? in the way mm, like, that you're like working now from home or what could be a hindrance. So if we can honor a bit of culture and make it work in a new environment, I think that work is really important right now uh, and, re and redefining productivity. I would say those are the most important is leadership visibility, redefining productivity, and then the cultural aspects of a remote from home uh, environment that we all now work and live in. 
I really like that because it's so, you know, even as a marketing company, so many times we start working with companies and we start leaning up against their values and and it's oftentimes a sheet of paper or a binder, you know, but if you can hold those up against, this is how we're going to act in this new world and use these as our guard posts, do you know you've got some values that are actually real to your organization, but don't be shy to, to drop some off and pick some new ones up. I really like the filter of, do these values actually make a difference in how I act now that my world is completely turned upside down? If they're true values, they will. If they're just loose placeholders that are like, you know, I'm going to be honest, trustworthy, integrity, the standard ones that you should be doing anyways, they might not necessarily define what your new work is about. That's a good exercise. That's a little bit hard to do. Like, it's easy to say it's tough to do. I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, it does. I mean, it takes commitment and work, right? As as any kind of leadership element does. And, that, and that's hard in times, as we were saying before, where you yourself are still struggling personally as a leader to figure out what your own world looks like and how you're going to guide a group of people through unprecedented times. But having something as your anchor, as we all know, you need that, that, you know, I always joke, I always have this visual of like leaning back, grabbing onto the post. I'm like, nope, it's still there. Okay, I'm good. I can, I'm not, I haven't gone too far. Going back to your values, your mission, whatever it is for you that's important to you as an organization and bringing that forward. And I think sometimes even myself, I get so caught up into, oh, everything needs to be new. It's like, no, no, no. That work we did six months ago was good work. Let's just revisit it and see how it fits today. Sometimes it's easy to forget about that when you're kind of a little bit in panic mode sometimes. Yeah, it to- yeah, I love what you said there, because I think this is about getting back to basics. This is truly a time when I know we've experienced it, where, you know, in our fifth year, we were facing incredible growth year this year, and we've, we're back to basics, we're back to what does it take for our group of leaders to get together twice a week and do the little things and do the little things well. And if that means one new for us, we're, you know, um, staff, let's say our staffing business, if that means one new placement, one new resource that can help an organization in a contingent labor, we're looking for the one right now, you know, one and then one and then two and then one. Like this isn't about um, the big lofty uh, goals right now. And that's going to bring a group of leaders together on turning, turning it together. You get get right back to what is your, that your business does, what value is that you actually add, and then just work your ass off to add that value every chance you get. If you have, if you're so lucky to still be operating, if you're not, I understand there's maybe, uh, again, there's so many situations I want to be careful, but the reality is never, never waste a good crisis (laughs) to relook at how you do things. And I like that saying, I choose again to treat it as a positive saying, which is, I know it can sound negative. But I love the back to basics. You're absolutely right. Like, what is it that you said you were going to do really well? And then what do you need to do to do that is is, is the best you possibly yeah. can. That gets lost sometimes when you grow. Unfortunately, it does. Yeah, it does. And, and uh, you know, so that opportunity that you're saying, like, you know, take a crisis or whatever. We hope it doesn't always take, take yeah. that. But I know, I know. But, but sometimes it does. It does. We, we You got to get my attention. Sometimes you just slap me upside the head. Yeah, it, 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 but- <laughs> I've been slapped. I'm good. I don't need to be hit again. <laughs> so, but it, it is true that like those, those rare opportunities, this will never come again. So what can you be learning, right? What, what can you be doing right now? Um, and we may never face something or we, I'm sure we will at some point in the future, but well, let's just get through this one. Must not be too like, yes, I agree, but one crisis at a time. Yeah. One crisis yeah. But, time. but in, you know, I'm thinking about some of the things that we teach in our, you know, when we do our training or in our classroom and we always caution people to not throw in everything with the kitchen sink when they're doing a change, you know? So, so there, there's one caution there on, uh, if, uh, change change fatigue is real. Yeah, right? <laughs> like you're you're managing a certain change, and while you're at it, people are throwing in you know they're throwing in things. But while we're at it, you know, let's change this.
this and then that and then this this is probably a good reminder in these times of just keeping it simple right and and back to the three four things that we could all be doing right now to ride this out and for organizations that have the ability to help those you know like we're saying stay local help local you know anything we could do to kind of shift where we might have made a decision in a different way to bring, you know, to, to help a local business that's maybe suffering even more than our own uh, business. I could not agree with you more. This is our opportunity. You know, when we come out of this, I want all those local, I need them all to be there because that's what makes my community, whether the ice cream shop, the flower shop, the hairdresser, the bar, whatever it is, those are the businesses that are struggling right now. And I feel very fortunate that we are still able to operate. So I think you're right. You need to, this is going to, this is going to give us an opportunity to relook at local with a different level of importance. And I think that's going to be one of the positive takeaways for sure to get not too philosophical here, but that's, we need to do some navel gazing in our own communities. Yeah, Yeah, that's right. Right. And, uh, you know, as we know, not all businesses will recover from this. Yes, unfortunately. Uh, yes. Unfortunately. But, but you know, like you, I like to look for the silver lining in all of this So as well. And, and, I, and I do think just doing a few things right with our inner circles and then community next to us, we can ride this out. And then by the time we hit, you know, hopefully the fall, uh, we're yes. going to see those. I, I choose to believe that yeah. as well. I hope. Yeah. Well. well, I'm hoping hockey starts too in the fall, but I, I know I'm a little optimistic. <laughs> that, you <laughs> know what? The, the, any, any, any semblance of optimism you can get, I think is yeah. a good strategy. I right think now. if you sell uh, one and know where we're diverting now on our topic, but I think if you sell one yes. in four seats, you know, we could all get back to the stadium <laughs> with two uh, meters. It's a good, it's a good thing. Yeah. Whatever. Two meters apart. We're, we're, unite apart and cheer. Yeah. Absolutely. That's hilarious. Well, Chantal, thank you so much for your insights and your perspective and some, some, some realities, some philosophy, but your own perspective and someone who lives in this. And I really appreciate you sharing and uh, bringing your honesty to the conversation. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Tyler. It was really fun. So last but not least, I don't want to forget, how can people get a hold of you? What's the best way? Yeah, for sure. Level.ca is you know the easiest public way to, to check us out online and uh, reach that's with two two V's, I might add. I'm just saying. L-E-V-V-E-L, yeah, you know that. <laughs> I do, I do. And uh, personally, is it LinkedIn? Is there any? Do you have a preferred social media platform that you like to use? On LinkedIn, we're active, very active, uh, and Level as well has a has a nice uh, a nice robust LinkedIn pre- presence there too, so they can join us there. Well, I encourage as someone who's worked with you and spent many times in a boardroom with you, I would encourage people to reach out and it's a joy to work with you. And I really, really appreciate your uh, sharing uh, your views with us today. Well, thanks. Awesome spending time with you.